Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back for another week of Max Potential Habits. You all know that I love to cherry pick my guests and this week is a super fun one because we met actually on Instagram a long time ago. I'd say probably when I was just starting to learn Instagram. <laughs> and he always had these really cool videos at, that stood out to me. And I remembered them enough that when then he found me on LinkedIn or I found him or some, somehow we connected on LinkedIn, I was like, oh my gosh, I know this guy from Instagram. <laughs> so I messaged him and I said, hey, you're, you're my friend from Instagram. And we just started this cool conversation. And then we started, uh, we got off of, you know, DM land in, in social networking world and got on a Zoom and we hit it off and we've had this great connection and we talk all things optimization because he's an ultimate performance coach and really helps people live in the space of and instead of or. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about all kinds of other awesome stuff. His name is Shane Borza. And as I said, again, he's an ultimate performance coach. And I'm gonna let him tell you the coolest story ever about his wedding. That is probably the most unique wedding I've ever heard of. And we're just gonna dig deep in cool topics. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Shane. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. I'm super psyched to join the NFA club. Yeah, yes. NFA all the way, right? Yep, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking lately about making um, some swag and having a shirt that says be NFA today. Like, that would be fun, right? That's a great yeah. mo mantra to live by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great call to action too, because if someone's like, what's that mean? You're like, let me tell you. Right? <laughs> and only people who are comfortable with, you know, the no fucking around mantra would be okay with it anyway. So it'd be, it's just such a fun conversation starter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, let's start with, I, I've been starting lately with your favorite quote. I'd love to know, or maybe not even a favorite quote, but a quote that you live by or a quote that stands out to you as something that you that you align your life with. Well, the, the first thing that came up and we were talking before we started recording is that I, I came out of that like hardcore punk world in high school and college. I was super into the scene. And one of my big heroes was Henry Rollins. I really liked that he was kind of a Renaissance person. Like he had a band, he was an author, he had his own company, he traveled around the world. Like he did a bunch of different things. He wasn't just like, I do this and that's it. And uh, he had a quote that I actually read in a climbing magazine that said uh, they were talking about the fear of falling. And the quote at the top of the article was, don't be afraid to touch your fear by mm -hmm. Henry Rollins. And I was like, oh, this is such a great connection of like, I'm a fan of Rollins, I'm a rock climber. We, we all tend to live in fear a lot and we're afraid to uh, voice it, to address it, to like poke it, to play with it. You know, uh, I think it's easy in people's lives to say, well, if I'm in the gym and I'm not strong in a certain exercise, I'll just keep working at it and get better. But if you have a fear about something, sometimes we don't try to get better at it or address it. So yeah. that's always stayed with me. That's great. I really, I really like it. I mean, it's like we're fa to face your fear, right? But then facing your fear takes you having the awareness that you're scared of something, being willing to face it. One I uh, one of my favorite quotes is I love Carl Jung quotes because he does shadow work and consciousness raising you know like that was his main gig and he says um, it, uh, what you avoid not only expand not only persists but will grow in size 
And it's exactly that, right? Like if you don't face your fears, they grow in size and then they get harder and harder and bigger and bigger to face. And it's like, uh, so that's awesome. And you, I love that you said that you like him because he's a Renaissance man, because that's definitely how I think of you. <laughs> you, I mean, every time I talk to you, you're doing like the coolest stuff in the world and you're always being really creative with the way that you shape your business and what you offer to people. And then you're very playful in that you, to me, you balance out your fun and your lifestyle in this and man mentality. We share a little bit about that. I think, you know, for people listening, uh, entrepreneurs struggle with balance. And, and I want to say, I don't mean balance, like it has to be an equivalent amount of time that you're doing, but it's the idea of that. I want to have a life that feels aligned and where I feel balanced. So that's what I'm thinking of. And, and it, that to me is what you do. Like, you know, every time I see you on Instagram or you message me, you're like, look, it's the coolest thing I just did. And it's so fun to watch you grow your business in that way. So will you share with listeners your, your tips on how you optimize your life in that way and your business? Yeah, well, first I want to say that, uh, you know, when we, to go back to you talking about how we connected, I'm a, big advocate and, and creator of small teams. You know, I love being like, oh, this is my tribe or, you know, these are my 10 or 20 people or whatever. And when we first met, I was like, instantly, I'm like, yep, you're on my team. That's it. And so, <laughs> and I, I, I choose this word very specifically because it's, it's exactly the right word. Like I delight in sharing adventures with you because you inspire me to have adventures to then share with you, you know, and because you're doing the same thing. You're like, I'm constantly like, she did that? Oh my God, she's so amazing, you know? So I think that surrounding ourselves with people that light us up is really important because it fuels us. Mm -hmm. But to go back to another thing you mentioned earlier, my wedding. So one of my vows, speaking of kind of optimizing and putting and and balance and all that to my, to my wife was, and this is a life lesson I learned from my grandmother. And she's like, you know, uh, saying a marriage is 50-50 doesn't mean I do half and you do half. Mm -hmm. It means when you need me to do everything, I will. And when I need you to do everything, you will let me. And that is what balance is. It's not two hours of this and two hours of this, and therefore it's balance. It's, no, if you're going to spend two days because you're totally psyched and like, oh my God, I'm just going to write this book and you're not going to sleep and you're going to have way too much coffee. And, you're, and then you crash and you're like, well, you took the time, you dove deep, you like did the work, you were on fire. Let that happen, like go totally in. And then you say, okay, well, all I've done for the last week is work on this. Okay, so now I'm going to go back to the other stuff mm -hmm. and, and allow the fluidity of, you know, I mean, what does a uh, teeter-totter look like? It's either, you know, this way or it's this way. It's very hard to put it in the middle. Yeah. That's not really how it's designed. You know, if you just sat two kids of the same weight on opposite sides and they just, this is not yeah. very fun. Like you need to be able to go back and forth. That's yeah. the balance of I go up, you go up. Yeah. That's, I love that visual. That's so true. And it would be so boring and it, they would have to be completely still because if anyone moves at all, even if they're the same way, it's going to shift. And then it's the fun joy of the balance. I, and I want to say, you said something that struck me that I want to highlight to listeners because I watched you write a book in like a weekend or something. Like I was blown away by how fast you whipped that out. And, and I'm sure it took more work than that, like background wise. But what I noticed of you when you, you know, you like send me stuff. I'm like, 
wow, where did this come from? And so for listeners, like I, I see that from my perspective is you showing up powerfully exactly like you're talking about where you go, I'm all in on this book and that's what I'm going to hyper-focus on right now. And then I'm going to go play and do some rock climbing. And so how long did it take you to write that last book that you sent me? So this, uh, yeah, I, I can't help but feel like this sounds uh, audacious or what have you, but, um, but so I did, I did uh, two books in two months. Yeah. Okay. Which but, is crazy fast. Uh, it's kind of like when you, when you hear a band and they're like, it took us 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing. So it, it took me 20 years of gathering information and yeah. percolating in the background and writing down ideas and, and having a folder in my desktop and, you know, someday yeah. and someday was, you know, so I did the first book in June and the second book in July. Okay. But if I hadn't had those almost two decades, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do those two books in two months. Right. Because you've been storing up and brainstorming and thinking about it and mulling it over and okay. Organize, not even necessarily, it doesn't sound like organizing your thoughts, but organizing them by putting ideas in a folder, but not necessarily sitting down to actually write it. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't even an outline. It was just, you know, so uh, for those that don't know, I'm talking about, I have a background in indie film and I've spent almost 20, 20 years working in the industry. And so I said, you know, most indie filmmakers, they wear a lot of hats, just like a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, if, if you have your own business, what are you doing? You're creating courses, you're creating programs, you're uh, writing your own books, and you might spend weeks, months, or even years creating those projects, just like a filmmaker might, might take them a year or two just to write the script. It's a long-term, multifaceted yeah. project. And so I said, yeah. you know, most people, they read a book on cameras or they read a book on how to direct actors or where they read a book on script structure and I said since most indie filmmakers don't have any money and they're doing everything themselves why don't I just say a book like okay here's how you read the script here's how you do all the directing and onset stuff and then here's how you do all the post like editing getting the movie done and then you could basically start at the beginning of the book and walk yourself through the entire arc of the project mm -hmm. and so once I had that idea then it was like Oh, all I have to do is make a screenwriting folder, a directing folder, and a post folder, post production. And then I just went through all of my like 20 years of notes and cut and pasted them into whichever folder worked right. And that basically became the outline. And then I said, yeah. oh, okay, well now I'll take the screenwriting folder, which is like, I don't know, 50 pages of just nonsense and start piecing it together. And that's the first part of the book. Yeah, that's really helpful. I mean, I know, I can't remember the numbers, maybe you know it, but it's like 90% of people have a book in their mind that they want to write. There might be 80, it's 80 or 90, I think. But that's such a useful tip in terms of, you know, if you're if you're thinking about writing a book, Shane has written, how many books have you written total? Is it those two or more? So I, so I have a whole section of my business about mountain-based fitness. And uh -huh. so I have a four book series that is basically... Well, one's done, two are rough draft, and one's an outline only. So okay, so you have so several. I have my yeah, so I have several books like all yeah. ready to go. So okay, so so it's a great tip. You know, for those of you listening who are like, I want to write a book, that's a beautiful way to organize, or and it's a really easy, fun way to organize where you just think about folders, think about the folders as chapters or topics, and then just start putting information in there. Like um, John Maxwell, I remember 
I think it was John Maxwell. I was listening to one of his books and he was talking about how, you know, when he's reading books, he'll take a piece of paper and type out the info from the book. And then he puts that in a file and then he starts to organize that way. So it's all about organization, right? And in a lot of ways, when you're talking about the lifestyle you're building, it's about organization, you know, and it helps you uh, plan more effectively so that you can have the teeter-totter like balance of fun and, you know, play and fun and, and, and work can be play and fun too, but it's just like the hours of productive work and then the hours of, you know, lifestyle kind of playful out there doing it. So I think that's, I, I like that. I forget sometimes that that's like an autopilot habit for me that I somehow developed when I was really young and people, you know, they go like, how do you get so much done? It's like, organization, a lot of organization. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very clear about what I'm doing throughout my day. And I know that that's why you're so highly productive as well is that you, you know, you know how to do that. So talk to us a little bit. Well, actually, before we get into really practical tips, will you share your wedding story? It's so cool. Yeah, of course. So uh, if anyone's interested, they can go to lcapwedding.com. LCAP, like El Capitan in Yosemite. And uh, so my wife and I were, we're both coming out of the indie film world before we even met. And I'd been a lifelong climber and uh, she had friends that climbed and she liked, like she, she always said, I hate to exercise, I like to do stuff, you know? So she likes to go hiking or like be in the water or, you know, activities, you know, she doesn't want to go to the gym or like take a yeah. class or anything like that. So when I was like, hey, I'm a climber and like, this is, you know, like, you know, it wasn't a make or break, but it's basically like, this is what I do. So if you want to spend time with me, like, let's go rock climb. And, and she really loved it because she loves puzzles. And so to her, climbing is about like, okay, well, here's the cliff and here's my hands and feet. And what's the pattern and how do I put it together? So when we, uh, I think we were together five years and then we started talking about like, because we're very open. We're like, okay, do we want to get married? Yes or no? When? How? Like, let's plan all this stuff out. Not like, I surprised her with it or whatever, like we were totally on board. Yeah. And so one of the things I said is, you know, uh, Yosemite is a magical place. Like I used to live there, I used to work there. I did my first big wall there and all that stuff. And I said, I'd, I'd love to get married there. Like Yosemite is like my church. And she's like, okay, yeah, that'd be great. And like we could, so we called it originally like eloping with friends. So we just had a few people who were gonna all go up to Yosemite. And then I was like, well, instead of getting married like in the meadow or at the chapel, like, like normal people, like, we're rock climbers. What if we got married like on El Cap, like on a ledge? And she's like, so that would be amazing. And so we just You're assembled like, this. And then that's when you said, I know I'm not the right woman for me. Right. Yes, exactly. And, and the, the yeah. beautiful thing that came about that is we orchestrated, it became a two-week climbing trip and a wedding and a film project. So in we got married in 2015. In 2016, we released a 38 minute documentary film called El Cap Wedding. And we won a best documentary at a mountain film festival. And now this year we're releasing the feature version, which gives all the so extra backstory and like all the drama and the like, the thing isn't working and somebody got hurt and like all that <laughs> stuff. And so again, it's been this wonderful way to have all the ants, you know, it's not, well, do we go on a climbing honeymoon trip or do we get married, you know, in Yosemite or do we have our friends or do we love or you know it's it's all of the ants together. I love that. I, I love that thing because it's always I mean first congratulations I know it was a while ago and you know you two have gone on many rock climbing adventures since but it's like that's such a cool adventurous values driven wedding in my mind like I just go like that's two people who are aligned in their values and they're going for it and having fun and taking that and approach to life 
And, you know, I see that for you in multiple areas. And so for, you know, for people listening, the way I think of the, the, or, and is, is going, you know, do I have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? Because scarcity would say it has to be one way or the other. I can only do this or this, you know, and when you step into that abundance mindset, you go into the land of possibility and you go, well, what's possible if we did it all, you know, or is it possible to do it all? How can we have it all? How can we up-level our life? How can we have the exact wedding we want on the top of the mountain on a ledge and then win an award (laughs) for making a documentary about it? Like, so cool. I love that. Um, Will you give listeners some practical strategies or tips about the and not the or lifestyle and business? Like, how do you, you know, you said, how do you structure your week through that lens? Well, one of the things that has been really remarkable for me, and uh, I I laugh because I, uh, like my grandmother, even when I was young, was one of my best friends. And I always was told by her that I'm an old soul. And so my wife and I joke all the time that like, I'm, I'm such an old man. And I'm like, I'm almost 45, you know, but I, I, and most people think of me as like, oh, you're so youthful. And like, I had no idea you're old, but I I think my mindset is much more that of, because I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, like I was able to see the wisdom they had and the perspective they had because, you know, they were like in their sixties when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and they ensured that they had a life full of things that they wanted to do they accomplished all the major things, you know, like we all need to work. We all have bills we're going to pay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and you can focus on that, or you can just say, I'm going to pay bills the rest of my life. It doesn't matter how much money I have. There's always going to be ongoing expenses. So what if instead we focused on all the, the things that really matter? It, it, it doesn't matter so much if you say, I had the the base plan of something, or I had the like premier plan, you know, it doesn't matter if you say, oh, when I look back at my life, I'm so glad I got, I had 50 years of the newest iPhone every year. Yeah. But what if you look back in your life and you say, I'm so glad that 50 years, every year, my wife and I went on a climbing adventure trip somewhere new every year. Yeah. And so that frames my week every week because I say, when I look back on this summer, you know, next year, am I gonna say, I'm so glad that I spent two hours, you know, battling social media every day, <laughs> trying to, you know, did I hit the numbers? Or am I gonna say, oh my God, I spent two months writing two books and in the last year they've been out and they've helped people create art. And so, one of the things I like to call, I like to term it kind of interest or uh, like instantaneous retrospective thinking. So like in the moment, but I'm kind of like, if I was in the future looking back on this moment, how would I wish it had gone? Yeah. And one of those things is to give myself the opportunity to have ands and not ors so that yeah. I can say, well, maybe I did social media throughout the week, but really I'm focused on my book. I still maintained everything. Yeah. So I look at it more as like maintenance and, and I come a lot out of being an athlete. So yes, you might have a specific race coming up because I was a track and cross country guy. And one of the things my coach would say all the time is, you know, we really want to focus on the steeplechase. 
So we want to make sure that you can jump over the barriers. So that's your priority right now. But I really want you to maintain because I anchored the four by eight and so I had to be fast. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of it's not that I'm doing this in spite of that. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this and I'm maintaining that other thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting perspective because, I mean, it seems so logical and sensible, right? Like, duh. And I see so many people living in the space of future-based orientation where like when I get somewhere, I'll be happy. And for you, it's really about, you're you're really living my model of be, do, have, where it's like be in the moment to enjoy life because on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and wish you had like been looking at your graphs and your charts more. (laughs) You're going to look at the results of it. And sometimes it takes looking at your charts and graphs to get the results, but it's like more about this essence of being present with what's flowing in the moment. It sounds like to me, like you're really living in a flow state. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I love about being a, an artist and creator is I will have days where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down today and do X. And then, you know, I tell my wife all the time, like, how is it seven o'clock? Like, how, who stole my time? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because you're just so present. And, yeah. and it's funny, people talk a lot about like health and wellness or like diet and nutrition or presence and awareness. Well, I I think sometimes there's a helpful connection or a disconnect between presence and awareness, because if you're so present, then the awareness of time goes away. And that's how I end up feeling like I had lunch. Why is my stomach growling? Oh, I missed dinner by two hours. (laughs) If I was aware of the time going past, I wouldn't be as present. Yeah, that's it. very interesting. It's so true because it happens to me all the time where I'm just so present in the moment and just, you know, so in my mind is just set in this direction. I'm just focused on that. And then I'll be like, oh, whoa, where did the day go? It's wild. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Will you share, um, you know, ultimate performance coaching? And I know how this all ties in for you. Will you walk people through some of the gifts you bring in your coaching through ultimate performance coaching? Yeah, so the the big you know and in my life is that I have spent kind of you know it, it's funny to me because you know one of the things with with the and is a lot of times I think people put everything into these binary conditions you know it's like is it left or right or is it up or down it's like the the world isn't like that the world is all directions you know yeah on a spectrum. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's immersive, it's 360, it's, you know, uh, we, we all have left and right, we all have front and back, we all have top and bottom, you know, it's uh, a lot of the things that we have are, you know, well, yes, we have one nose, but we have two nostrils, you know, it's like, there's a lot <laughs> of different things that it's like, I think that sometimes it, it is that kind of glass of water thing, and it's like, well, how do you look at it? Yeah. And, uh, so, so the, the way I look at that is like, oh, well, I, you know, like all of us, you grew up and like, what's, what's your job as a kid? Like, what's well, to go to school, you know? So I learned that, you know, I, there were things I was interested in, things I, I wasn't, but I liked being in school. I liked the, the structure of that. So my whole life, I've always been kind of jumping from like 
what's the next certification? What's the next program? What's the next thing? Just because I want to learn more. And so I have a lot of like structured education, you know, certifications, backgrounds, degrees, training, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so all of that brings in a lot of that, like I have a structured course, there's like a way that we work together. There's certain things we want to do. There's, you know, my wife always says, don't call it homework, call it exercises. You know, it's like people don't want to do homework, um, but that's basically what it is. You know, it's accountability, it's follow-up, it's, uh, you know, making sure people are there on time and they're prepared and all of that. And then on the other hand, I've also been a lifelong athlete and predominantly a, well, my coach always called me a cardio warrior. You know, I love to run and bike and climb and be outside in mm -hmm. the wilderness, mostly alone so that I could get lost and, you know, have a runner's high and be like, I meant to run for five miles and I accidentally ran for two hours because I was totally blissed out and I didn't notice. And so again, it's the combination of how can I take all these mental and kind of intellectual things I've learned and marry them together with all this like physical education that I've gotten through being a guide and a trainer and a lifelong athlete. Because really, if you want to optimize your life, it's not your mind or your body, it's your mind and your body. Yeah. So good. It's funny. You're making me think about So today at the, at the time of this recording, today's episode release is 147 and it's the, are you trying to be superhuman burnout cycle? And it's like exactly the opposite of what you're talking about, which is why I talk about it with people. Cause I go like, we burn out when we push, 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 push in one direct in a direction. And we get into the cycle of like, it's trying to achieve the next thing, pushing really hard, thinking we'll be happy when we get there, you get there, you're burnt out. Then you procrastinate cause you don't want to do anything else. You feel stuck and frustrated. It just keeps going and going and going. And you're, you know, you, to me, you're really talking about the opposite of what you're doing is like flow state where you go okay, let's step into that place of ease and joy and fun. And then all of the, it sounds to me like all of your work gets done and it's because you're enjoying the process as you go and you're teaching people how to do the same. So you're helping people optimize their physical and mental and, you know, like, I don't know everything that's in your program, but it's like, to me, that's what it sounds like you do, which is amazing. What, what do you, you have modules in your um, ultimate, it, tell me the name of the program for again. Yeah. So it's a, I, the, uh, so as an ultimate performance coach, I have an ultimate performance course and it's, okay. a, uh, uh, the goal it eventually will be to have both a group course, which is eight weeks. And that's kind of what I'm offering now. And then also offer uh, one-to-one if people want to work with me individually and then eventually have a DIY version so people can just kind of like download it and go through the book but uh so there's eight weeks each week has its own module uh -huh. or kind of chapter so there's a chapter in the book and that's the focus of the week and so the the exercises the things we're going to talk about on the call and the kind of um challenges I guess or opportunities that I will ask of them are, are all focused around that and okay. then each week we kind of add another layer because kind of like a pizza or a pie or, or anything, you know, a, a clock face, it's, it's the whole together. And you are just putting in one layer at a time until at the end you have all eight parts. Yep. Okay, great. So it builds on itself. I mean, will you, when you think about, will you just give your definition of ultimate performance? Like, what does that mean to you? One of the things that I always found 
And this comes out of being, a, uh, I was a track athlete, but then also track coach is I would watch people, per, you know, perform like, okay, mm -hmm. you're on the track, they're running. So one of my jobs was to give notes on each athlete in each event. And I would notice that quite often, I mean, everybody had different things that they could work on, like, oh, their arm swing or their pace or, you know, the, they're leaning too far back or too far forward or, or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, that mm -hmm. here's their point of weakness. But if you step back from that, you realize like, oh, everyone has something to work on. But most of them aren't aware of it unless somebody else is there observing it and then saying, yeah. hey, I noticed this thing. And then it's the, the interaction of the two people figuring out like, well, how do I help them fix this? Because some people, like you said, they don't have the presence or awareness to know, or yeah. you know, some are visual learners and so horrible. So to me, ultimate performance is learning that you have things to improve on, figuring out how to improve on them, and then actually improving on them. Instead of just, I don't have a problem. Yeah. Avoiding. Or, well, I have a problem, but now that I know I have it, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, it's that three-step process of yeah. you know, identifying it, figuring out what to do with it, and then actually following through. Right. And that's and, and then up-leveling as you go, because you're going to keep running into that over and over and over as you jump, you know, every quantum leap jump, you step into the next layer of yourself, that exact... Ha process happens again because we all have blind spots when we're growing you know it's like the reason that you haven't grown to the level you want is because you have a blind spot which is why coaching is so powerful right it's like yes. you're helping people see their blind spots and then they get to jump to the next level and then they have more blind spots again it happens for me every time I'm always like oh wow cool I figured this out and then I'm like oh and here we are again figuring mm -hmm. out the next thing <laughs> yeah. it's, it's super fun that's awesome okay will you share with listeners your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today yeah yeah the so the first one and, and this was a revelation coming out of coaching school is having some form of like a daily gratitude practice and you know that could be meditation it could be prayer wh whatever it is but i i found and it's funny the the things that i think come up for us hard are, are quite often the things that are the best for us you know it's like oh that's bullshit and then later you're like oh that was exactly what I needed yeah and that's sometimes why it's so hard for you except so at first when we were talking about some of that stuff that I call woo woo I was like totally you know, oh I love this class I love this course I love this teacher talk the woo comes up and I'm like bullshit <laughs> And yeah. then later I realized like, oh, if I have daily gratitude, like it frames my day. It's yeah. so important for, for me. And so my version of that is I do that at the end of every day. Nice. And I just take, uh, you know, it, I don't time it, but it's a few minutes. Do you, and do I it, just, you write it down or just think about it? No, I, I come out of martial arts. So I sit in Seiza, which is kneeling position. Okay. And I, I bow a few times. I put my hand on my heart. I do heart breathing. And I just really say, you know, what am I thankful for? What am I grateful for? And nice. all the things that come up. And so, like I said, sometimes it's short 30 seconds or something. And sometimes they're there for five or 10 minutes. Yeah. But just the, the habit of that has been 
profoundly life-changing. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay. All right. So, now, what's number two? So number and, two and I wanted to say really quick, I, I think I've talked to you about this, the book I'm writing for 2021. I just know books. you're, I just know you're writing something. It's called Woo Woo Works. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Because <laughs> <Nice>, <laughs> exactly that, like so many people are like, oh, it's woo woo, this, that, and the other. I'm like, it works. <laughs> so mm -hmm. let's just embrace that it works. And I'm going to write a really practical, actionable book about, you know, woo woo universal laws that work and how to implement them. Yes. Yeah. So the second one, and, and again, this is something that I, well, we had to learn what uh, scheduling a date night every week, no matter what. Nice. And it might be at a different time or a different day, mm -hmm. but putting on the calendar that, you know, uh, Thursday from 5 p.m. on, I am not available because yeah. I'm making myself available for my wife. And what are we going to do? We might not do anything, but we're not doing everything else. Nice. And that habit is something that we both really look forward to. It's made our relationship better, but it's also made our lives better because we both have this like pressure valve relief where we're like, oh God, next week, I know there's one night where like, I don't have to do anything. So if I spend time with you, which I never feel like I have enough time with you. Yeah. And so again, being open and saying it, it's not Thursday from five to eight, no matter what, it's every week we have one night where it's just us. Yeah. And, and do you we, plan it at the beginning of the week, knowing your schedule? Well, so, so uh, one of the things we do is we do a, um, a Monday and a Friday, uh, we call it team meeting. Uh -huh. And so sit down and go, what's your week look like? You know, I need to do this, you need to do that. And then we'll figure it out. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I, 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 no one yet has said that. So that's awesome. <laughs> it's prioritizing your relationship, which to me, you know, when you're in a partnership with someone, your relationship is the foundation of so many awesome things because if your relationship is struggling life can be real hard <laughs> do you mind if i say one more thing on that go and go for it so you know again stepping back we're all more similar than we are different mm -hmm. so someone maybe someone's not married uh, or, or they have kids or they don't or they have a pet or they don't or or they have a partner or they or they don't or whatever but but really the the max potential in that habit is mindfully taking time for yourself. Yeah. And one of the things I really recommend to everyone is, and, and I ask this to people all the time, like, if you had a client make an appointment with you, would you not show up? Right. Would you show up late? Would you show up unprepared? And like 100%, everyone's like, no way, I would never do that. I'm like, what would happen if you made an appointment with yourself to do whatever? Yeah. Oh, from nine to 10, I'm going to the gym because I have an appointment. Yeah. So don't even tell people, just say, oh, I'm not available at nine o'clock. I have an appointment. Yeah. They'll assume it's with a client. Well, you're yeah. the client show up for yourself. So it doesn't have to be a date night. Yeah. But I, I love that. Well, it, I'm going to add, it's like, it's along your value system, right? So it's like, if you're single, then make it a date night with yourself or make it a date, date time on your calendar that you block out for creative time or whatever it is that's important to you. But it's like, what you're talking about is intentionality with what's important to you to keep nurturing and cultivating it because what you focus on expands. So if you want to have a loving, incredible relationship, you got to take time and energy put into invested into that relationship. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Awesome. What's number three? So last one is, and, and this is one of the things that I think we all have our 
are versions of this, even if it's not this, but it took me almost my entire, like I said, almost 45. It took me almost my entire life to learn that it's okay to like things. And I continuously remind myself that okay. it's okay to like things instead of going without. Say more, I, I'm not clear. I wanna know what you mean by that. So, so for instance, I, I don't know if this, this is, I know this is a podcast. Uh, if you put it on YouTube, maybe somebody, people can see this too, but I'm wearing this dress shirt and a button down vest. And like, I love dressing like this. And to me, I feel like I'm super dressed up because I came out of being a vagabond rock climber for like 30 years and like <laughs> lived in my car and traveled around the world and like, you know, had a backpack and all this stuff. And I felt like, well, if I was a genuine rock climber, I would be instantly recognized as a rock climber by everyone everywhere, no matter where I went. And that was me living my truth. And yeah. so I didn't allow myself to have like nice clothes or nice things or certain things because I felt like I wasn't being truthful to my, the okay. identity I had assigned myself. Gotcha. But really my truth was there's lots of things I wish I could do. And I had this breakthrough with my wife last year and I said, you know, they never let me dress the way I want. And what came <laughs> up was, who's the they? Oh, I'm the they. Yeah. I'm standing in front of myself or in my way in yeah. all these different aspects of my life. And what would happen if I didn't do that? What would happen if the joy of, oh my God, I love this song. All my friends think this band is lame. It doesn't matter. I love this song. So I'm yeah. going to let myself love this song. I'm going to mm -hmm. let myself every day enjoy the things that I enjoy and constantly be on the lookout. And this is again, where the presence and awareness comes in is, am I doing this because I really love it? Or does like society or my group or my friend or my spouse, no, well, they love it. So I love it for them, but I don't really like it. Yeah. Or, or the opposite, like, I would love to do that, but I feel like I can't. Yeah. Or, so reminding myself, so to me, that's the, then this new habit that I've been cultivating for the last year or so is like allowing that. myself to like things and knowing really from my truth what I do and don't like. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it, what I hear is it's giving yourself permission to be yourself and love what you love and, and not care what anyone else thinks. And again, have that, that and. So, yeah. so yes, I love really awesome, hardcore punk music you know? Yeah. And I <laughs> love like Ani DeFranco and totally. And it's know, okay. Avril Lavigne. You can be a divine, a, a diverse person. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so again, uh, if you step yeah. back and you say, Oh, you just love music. Yeah. What if we didn't have to put that extra layer or right. the extra, you know, identifier on it? It's funny. Step, yeah. yeah, I have a funny example. This is people will laugh. I don't I don't know if I've ever shared anything like this on here, but I I have like 20 pairs of Converse, like love Converse. And I've loved them since I was a little kid. Like, and I love, love, love them. I've worn them to like fancy occasions. I've worn them like just all the time. And, and then I go through these spells where I'm like, oh, a high power businesswoman doesn't wear Converse, you know, like it's too kiddish. And so, you know, I had this like judgment of myself, like, oh, I'm not mature if I wear Converse or people will see me as immature. And I already look young and, you know, sometimes commanding like a, an authority presence 
you know, looking older and dressing powerfully is often easier, let's say, but you know, then I go back and go like, no, I freaking love my Converse and I'm wearing my Converse whenever I damn well, please. <laughs> but it's a funny example. It's very similar, right? It's just like, how do we allow ourselves to express ourselves exactly the way we want to be and not care what anyone else thinks? You know, it's like, yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. And you, you are rocking that. So I've, I've only really known you, you know, we've known each other through Instagram world before that, but from what I can see, you're definitely rocking your authenticity, which I really highly value. So cool. Will you share with listeners the best place to find you? Yeah, they can. I'm, I'm mostly active, as you mentioned on Instagram and LinkedIn, and they can find me at Shane Borza. And my website is also my name, shaneborza.com. And they can contact me via email or anything on uh, any of those spaces. Perfect. It's been so fun to have you on. I, I was just looking at the time. I'm like, oh, wow, that went by fast. There we go. The presence, mm -hmm. <laughs> the presence and the loss of awareness of time. So thank you so much. It's been really fun to have you here. One last question. Is that picture in your background? Did you take that? Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons I like to have this picture up is, A, it reminds me that that is in my backyard and I can literally take advantage of it whenever I choose to go out there. So it's yeah. nice to go, oh, I, I love looking at that because I want to go out there again. But also I think it reminds people too that all you need to do to go have like all this bio life hacking stuff is like go outside, like get yeah. barefoot on the ground and go look up at the sun. And like, it's such an amazing reset. And, uh, you know, uh, real quick, you know, if you're somewhere for a conference and you can go back to your room for a minute and just we step out of the balcony and look up at the sky instead of being under artificial lights all day. Like it, yeah. it will change your, your whole day, even though it's, it's only a moment and all that nature is available to you whenever you choose yeah. to look at it. Uh, I, I am a lover of nature too, as you know. <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh, I can, we could keep talking for a long time and we will in other ways, I'm sure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for, for plugging in every week. We come here to do this for you. And to me, I, I love, you know, when I do the intro and I always say like, this is your place to come every week for tips, tools, and inspirational interviews. I love being, bringing people on with diverse backgrounds, uh, success in their life and their business, uh, bringing you tips that are gonna help you think differently. And I think Shane is really one of those people who helps you think differently about life, how playful and fun it can be while building a business, while having a whole bunch of different diverse options and then teaching you how to do it. So definitely check out his ultimate performance program he has a coupon code for listeners and if it's at it's nfa coaching so check it out and just blast this out to social media and come here every week for listening to tips from me solo and then interviews that help you get inspired to think differently be different and enjoy your life so you can max your potential to thrive and feel alive Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. 
For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA Coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.